0: You're going to find Psalm 145. So, Psalm 145, or Psalms, or the Psalms, or Psalms, as my kids were first learning it in homeschool. That was Psalms. And I was like, I don't know, because that's not a real word. Um, so, we're just going to continue to engage. So, um, we're in that. We're in, yeah, Psalm 145. We're in our Foundations of Faith series where we're seeking to, as we started the first of the year, running up to Palm Sunday, which is fast approaching. Um, you can tell that because all the Easter candy is taking over your favorite grocery store. And it's just continuing to grow. I mean, I, I have a problem with Cadbury cream eggs or any sort of food in egg-shaped form that is a candy of chocolate filled with goodness. Um, so pray for me and my budget because I'm like, oh, I just have to buy one because they're only around... Uh, certain times of the year. So um, as that engagement goes, we're in our foundation of faith to strengthen our foundation as we go through the rest of the year in God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be in Psalm 145 because we're going to be um, talking about how to bring God glory and how to move in that direction. And, and our confidence grows as, as we see the evidence of God at work in our life. And then it also makes it easier for us um, to engage God in such a way um, that to tell people of his good glory when we see it and when we know it. It's just easier to talk about something you have seen or done or experienced or read or pulled from scriptures and go, look, I know this is real and I know it's true because the Bible is real and the Bible is true. It's perfect and inerrant. Or here's what happened in my life. And I will, I can just tell you that for for those who don't love Jesus and don't believe in him, that's a really good sort of sequitur into a relationship with Christ. To go, look, I know the only truth you hold is your own personal truth. Let me share with you God's truth in my life. And then you just start telling a story of where God has worked and moved in that. Or you tell other stories. That's advice I try to give my kids when they're wrestling with things. Well, what's a Bible story? Remember when Daniel was in the lion's den and he, he trusted the Lord to take care of him. And the, the angel shut the mouth of the lions. God will take care of you even when mom and dad can't. And he will protect and watch and help you through those dangerous um, situations. So all those things like that. But let me hit you with the one thing here. Um, first, we're talking about bringing God glory. It's So much easier to bring God glory when you remember God's glory. So when you remember His glory, it's just that much easier. If you don't know about God's glory, if you haven't experienced God's glory, if you don't communicate it, it's going to be super hard to talk about it, right? It's like trying to teach someone a foreign language that you don't know. Pretty much impossible unless the Holy Spirit works and moves in your life and gives you that sort of gift of language. But it's easier to bring God glory when you remember God's glory. So, so you have to kind of look back and go, what is the glory of God? And not only in your life, but in all of human history and, and all of God's good and holy word. You, you look to Him and you go. Now, now here's what it means to sort of bring God glory. To bring God glory means to give Him praise and credit through faith and deeds. So we exist, we know we exist to bring God glory and make disciples. How do we do that? We bring Him praise and credit through faithful deeds done in biblical truth. That's how you bring Him praise and credit. Sometimes it's, it's called fame in the Bible. Your fame, your name and renown has spread upon all the earth. They have heard what you've done. Or just think of Jesus. When he first started, it was a few. Then it was 12. And then what does it say? The multitudes, which is the, the Roman word for thousands, would, would crush Jesus as he walked through the streets because um, the glory of God was not only upon him, but had gone before him. And the great deeds that he had done had been communicated to others. So they're like, hey, I want to see and find out. We know that almost 98% of invitations are accepted if it's by someone that they know based on their recommendation. So hey, if you invited to a birthday party, or hey, let's go to this meeting, or hey, let's ride together to this conference, or, or hey, let's do this, or hey, let's do that. Most people will say yes to a friend or someone that they can trust and go into. As opposed to just some sort of ethereal, it's just sort of out there and whoever wants to come, come. So your impact on someone else's life and sharing God's glory and remembering God's glory will give a better opportunity for that to be received. It's sort of this mentality of, look what I and and we have have brought you, Lord. We we bring you praise. We bring you credit. We bring you glory. So I want to look at Psalm 145 at at some of these verses and, and first talk about some of the reasons why. We need to give God glory. So if the end goal is to bring God praise and credit, then we need to remind ourselves of why we need to do that. And We're going to look at Psalm um, 145 here and just sort of dive into that. Let's look at Psalm 145, verse 8. We're going to kind of jump around in this scripture because of the way they're sort of bound together in these verses. So, verse 8. Some of the reasons why God is glorious. Um, The Lord is gracious and merciful. Two good things. If I had a highlighter right now, I'd go ahead and get it out. I'd share my notes to highlight. These are things you want to highlight and circle, right? Because what do they say about the Lord? That he is not gracious. That he is not merciful. That he sits on his throne and strikes people down with lightning bolts of doom just because he got up on the wrong side of the bed. Not true. Verse 8. So the Lord is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. That is, a, that is a God that you want to serve and bring glory to. That he is slow to anger. That he embounds his steadfast love. So what does that mean? He doesn't immediately hawk out on people when things go bad. But he's slow in anger and his steadfast love is undeterred for us. In fact, he loves the world so much that he makes ways for us to find salvation and redemption. And this is just the first verse we're talking about. And we've already seen two, three, four things that talks about God's glory and why he's so gracious. There's not a lot of other people in this world that are slow to anger. Some are. They're not only those that not only have steadfast love, but they're abounding in steadfast love. It's just more than you can handle, which is a good kind of love, right? Just, it's too much. Stop. And he's like, no. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all. Who? All. Good to all. Scripture tells us he makes the rain what? Fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. Does is just rain on Christian farms. It rains on all farms right? He makes the sun rise on what? Who? Everybody. Even people that hate him, curse his name, and do not serve him. He still goes and serves after. And his mercy is over all that he has made. Verse 14. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. Man, have you ever been ice skating? You know the value of this verse. You're out there Wobbly ankles, trying to do cool pirouettes and triple axles. And then right before you fall, somebody grabs you. And you're like, thank you. Or have you ever been so burdened by life and just so overwhelmed that your shoulders begin to slump and you're just you're just crushed by this world that's going? And what does he say? He raises those people up. He He upholds those that are going on. So every person that you meet that's falling deeper into darkness, every person who's bowed down by the weight of the world or their world is coming in, where do they go? To God. Because he upholds and raises them up. It's incredible what he could do there. So every person that you meet, you can give, them, give God glory by just letting them know this. And not only does he do that for people, but he does it for nations. He even does it for the world. So he upholds all and raises up those who are bowed down. Verse 15. The eyes of all look to you, um, David says to the Lord, um, and you give them food in due season, which is pretty Incredible. One of the basic needs of humanity, God takes care for and provides um, for them. And helps those uh, to, to happen and make those things grow. And look, and I know that there's this philosophy out there, right? Like if you, if you talk to your plant and love your plant, then it's going to grow better and more vibrant than if you're harsh against it. But who makes things grow? The scripture tells us God makes things grow, right? He does that. You don't see farmers out on their cornfield hugging every stalk. Please grow corn stalk. No, God does. He makes that possible. You can read in Genesis. There used to be a day where you'd have to farm anything. Everything just grew. And we could just eat it that was all there. One day, though, in heaven. That'll be the case. But that's another message for another time. So look at all this stuff. All the food goes in in due season. Where's food going to come from? Ask for anyone who's had a meal miraculously provided for them. They will tell you. You can look, talk to Peter um, one day in heaven where the, where the huge blanket came down full of all these different animals and food. You can talk to the prophet that was fed by crows who brought them food as he was hiding for his life as he lived for the Lord. God could ride. You can look at the Hebrews where manna literally fell from heaven, where the birds and the quail fell down so deep that they could put their arm down and the animals came up to their elbows. That's a high-protein diet, by the way, people. So God's promoting that. And they also had a balance of carbs, too. So you need all that. So you see here in verse 15 that God's like, look, he provides in due season. Are you worried about any of your basic necessities? God will provide those for you and will make those for anyone. And it's a great because sometimes those things are roadblocks and stumbling blocks for people to get to Jesus because they're too hungry. They're too thirsty. They're without clothes. And God says, I'll provide for that. Verse 16, this is he's talking about God here. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. You know, I've, I've never, as much as Disney movies like to predict it, I've never had a bluebird come and sit on, on my porch and go, you know what, I'm just super stressed. Like, I don't know what I'm going to, I can't sing my song today. Because I don't know how my desires are going to be met. What do they do? They fly around, wait for you to wash your car, then dirty your car and fly around some more and they just live, and they don't stress. And the Bible even tells us, Jesus even tells us, you're much more valuable than them. Right? God provides and helps to take care of them. Provides all that they need. So much so. I mean, come by and look at the squirrels in my yard. They're fat. I've got fat squirrels in my yard, and they're not stressed. They're just eating what they have laid up for themselves that God provided. It's amazing what God can do. Provides for the desire of every living thing. Verse 17, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. So in this verse, you see the tension between God is just and right as it relates to his law, but he is also kind to all in his works. It'll be one of the, the great joys of the Christian when they move into eternity and they see that all is God done for them. And it'll be undeniable for those who denied Christ in this life to say, look how God provided for me all the days of my life to make himself known. And still I rejected him. His kind works are everywhere. His righteous and justice, because he doesn't let evil just go unchecked. He provides and makes a way. Great is the Lord. Just some of the reasons why God is so great. And we run that. Look at this. Um, Verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth, that he's right there. They're talking about a little bit in our prayer time and communion time in the back this morning about how God is near to those who feel far from him. He's just boom right there. It's part of his, one of his omnis, his omnipresence. He, they can be anywhere, everywhere at all times. So whenever you feel, you can just call out to him. Maybe the, the better word for it is cry out to him for that. And cry out to him in truth. God, I need you. God, I need your wisdom and provide for that. That's something to praise him for. Verse 19, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears the cries and saves them. So when all, of those, when all of us have desires, we should revere God. When all of us have Christ's love, who saves? God saves. Who saves? Jesus saves. So it isn't up to you to save everyone or fix all the problems in your little world or at work or where you live, but instead to work in conjunction, really to faithfully follow Christ as he makes that way and to help them to see that, that God's going to save you. Thank you for sharing your prayer. Let's pray together about that. Let's bring this to the Lord because only he can give you what you really need. And I love how he fulfills the desires of those who fear and revere him. Because those who fear and revere him more and more want what he wants. So he just fulfills those desires. God desired that, that all would hear of your name. And the Bible tells us that one day that day will come and everyone will have heard and had a chance to accept Jesus Lord and Savior. And he just tells us that what what a great way to have their desires met. Because so many times we pursue other things to have our desires filled, and God's like, I'm right here. I made all of this magnificence. Come to me and I will take care of you and provide for you. Verse 20. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. God just giving us a perspective of what is to come. There should be an urgency about our life. It's not okay for people to not be Christian and not love Jesus. You know that, right? Because what waits for them is what this verse says, destruction. And what they're throwing away is God's love that preserves. So what do we not want them to be preserved? Do we hate our fellow man enough Do we we desire for them to just be put off because of what they've done to us that they may not know his love? But this is what waits for all. There are only two places that people will ever go. Heaven or hell. And everyone spends forever somewhere. So if we know that that's true, then everyone that we meet, when they revile us and persecute us and deny Christ and they come against us or, or things seem like it's coming off its hinges, we remember this truth. That it's the Lord who preserves. That he is the one that makes the way. For all those who love him. But those who don't love him. They're going to have to pay a price for that. And they're going to have to answer for that. And we don't want that for anyone. We want them all to be loved by God. We want them all to be saved by grace through faith. Through no works of their own. So we're given the great joy of like. Come to God's love. Come over to his forgiveness. It will both discipline and guide you. Comfort and provide for you. In each of those things. So now that we've talked a little bit about some reason why, let me give you a context here of of, of how we begin to express that out and how can we take what we just talked about and actually apply it. So here's how you live in order to bring God glory. You follow the Holy Spirit's leading in the who, what, when, where, why, and how of bringing God glory each day. Grammar people, super excited right now. It's like, oh, I love seeing all those stuff, right? But that's what you do. How do I know when to bring God glory? How am I going to know what to do? And each of our lives and jobs are different than the person sitting next to us. And I would say to you, you follow the Holy Spirit's leading. He'll tell you who, he'll tell you what, he'll tell you when and where, why and how to bring God glory in each of those. And I just hit 10 or 11 verses that were saturated with 20 some characteristics of why God's so great and how God's so great to those who don't even love him. Imagine how much more you're going to find and apply when you read all of His Word. So I would say to you, you follow the Holy Spirit's leading as it goes there. And the very first way to do this, the very first way to bring God glory is to be born again. It is to be saved by grace through faith. It is to become a Christian. Those here in the room, those watching online, those finding this later. That is the first way in which you bring God glory to lay your life down, to confess with your mouth, to call on his name. We even read those verses that those who are calling to him in truth, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. Be my Lord and Savior. And he will come near to you and he will what? He will do it. He will save you from destruction, which he told you about. And we provide for you and care for you in all of those ways we've discovered. So the first way is to become a Christian. And it's so, so clear and the process so simple to just call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Jesus is the door, he says to God. You just simply have to walk through it and find forgiveness for your sins. Confess that he's the son of God and believe that God raised him from the dead. So we, we follow his leading. So let me just, just put that as the foundation for the way in which we know how to bring God glory. You follow the Holy Spirit. So believe me. Um, it, it says this in scripture that the Holy Spirit glorifies Christ and then Christ glorifies God. So, so all of them working together want to glorify God the Father. And, and that's their desire. They're desiring for you to do that in the way that you speak, the way that you act, the deeds that you do. So let's jump back to verse 1 in Psalm 145. We're going to look at some verses. This, here's why I love Psalm 145 so much. is because not only does it tell us the great things that God is, but it actually gives us examples of how we can bring God glory. In Psalm 145, in this song of David, this praise of Him, it'll just tell us that we can do. So let's look at verse 1. And and, and David just writing, this is what just David did, right? Oh, if I could be like King David. Yeah, if we could just do this way. So verse one, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Right? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't use the word extol all the time. Like, I just don't. I had to look it up. I had to remember, like, what does that word mean, extol? Right? Does that mean I have to pay tolls on the toll booth road? I'm extolling. No, it means to raise up God and raise him up as king. So raise up God and king. I mean, extolling him. Look how good God is. Look what what he has done. Look who he's created. Look how he's provided. So when you extol God in this verse one, you raise him up. You put him first and foremost. And then it says, I'll bless your name forever and ever. Great point by David here. Like you're not going to stop bringing God glory when you die and go to heaven. In fact, you're going to turn that sucker up to 11. You know what I'm talking about? Because now I'm in heaven at 11. That's susical. And you're just going to go and be like, I'm going to praise your name forever. I'm going to bring you credit. I'm going to bless. And and what I love about the word bless, which is also in verse 2, is that that word bless, when it says every day I'll bless you and praise your name forever, bless means to adore. I'm going to adore him. So, so you think of Advent, you think of one of the components of Advent at Christmas is adoration. And then maybe the easiest way is you just think about how, baby, how people respond to newborn babies, right? I mean, one out of 10 people are like, gross, get away. But most everybody else is like, it's a baby, right? We love almost everything in baby form that's a mammal, right? Puppies, kittens, goats with their weird eyes sheeps. We're like, oh yes. So God's like, look, every day I will bless you. Every, every day David's saying, I will adore you. So you start to get a better praise. So you get that, that praise of I'm just extolling you. I'm, I'm putting out with my actions and my words and, and my deeds that you're great. But then I'm also going to um, just love you. I'm just going to, to have adoration for you. And I'm going to work that into my prayers and, and the song of my life so that people may hear that tune of, of how much I adore him. Man, because God's so good, right? I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. So he, he's just like, man, I'm going to adore you forever. Verse 2, he talks about that even more. Praising you. And, and praising means to boast or celebrate. And you guys get that. if you ever been praised at work? Hey, good job. You didn't burn the plant down when you had your first night shift. Yay! i praise you for that. All right. You made it through the first cuts of layoffs. Yay! You must be valuable. Or they just pay you so little they don't care. I don't know. Right? So you just get this praise and it's out there. And he's like, I'm going to praise you forever. And I'm going to praise you. He's like, I'm going to celebrate you. and I'm going to put it out there. I'm going I'm to hoop and holler and cheer. You guys know it's okay to be, be joyous. And I would even say happy that you're a Christian and that people know that. And that know that God's the reason for it. Because he is. What's, what's the divider, the distincter in your life that, that makes that hinge point of, of why you can praise versus who you were before? It's your moment of salvation and in your journey with God after. So you can go forth and you can just praise him. And it's okay. Some people aren't going to always like that. It's fine. doesn't mean you should stop. You just keep going and you continue to praise him in um, all those things. Uh, verse 3, he just, I mean, David is now in full-on praise mode, right? Just going, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his great, greatness is unsearchable. What I love about greatness being unsearchable is, is that there's, there's no limit. You guys ever done those word finds, right? Right? Uh, where you, you just have these things. I mean, I mean, kids have gotten into these for some reason. Uh, but the word just and then there's a category and a subject, and you got to find all these words and circle them, and they're diagonal, and then they're backwards, and it's, it's really crazy, right? And you look at that word find, and you have to search, and you have to search. Now, when it's talking about God's greatness isn't searchable, I want you to imagine an, an infinitely large word find. And inside that infinitely large word find that you can't get high enough or deep enough in to see all the letters and all the words is all the characteristics of who God is and his provision and all the things he was done. And when David says your greatness is unsearchable, he's like, I can't contain your greatness. There's no way I can step back and look at, a, look at that page and go, there's all God's greatness. I figured it all out. It's unending. Remember what they said in John about Jesus. I love this phrase, right? If all the things that Jesus did was written down, the whole world could not hold the books. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus did more than what's in the Bible. There isn't any more that needs to be in the Bible. It's all there, all that we need. But all the things that he did, all the things that he said, just simply great. And unsearchable, without limit, is what that word means in Greek. Just limitless. So what does that mean for you? You'll never stop finding treasures to share. And isn't that cool? Everybody loves treasures. Everybody loves free stuff. What do you think Happy Meals still exist? Because people love toys. I remember when they stopped putting toys in cereal boxes. It's like the world's over, Sign Jesus returning. But I remember those days. I'm old enough to go, hand all the way in, ruin an entire box of cereal for that trinket toy. Some of you, I'm getting a little older here, Cracker Jacks. Anybody remember that? Yeah. Some of the old timers are like, I remember that. I used all my chore money for a Cracker Jack box with a compass that would never work. So you just get this unsearchable greatness, and and he's just, David's just in it, and he's just like, wow, this is huge, and it's greatly different praise, and you are just so great, and we're just three sentences in. So let let, let me just reiterate, before we publicly bring God glory, we must first do what? We must privately give him praise and credit. You can't give away what you don't have, because God wants to work in and through you. So before you publicly praise people, let me just Pull the brakes back a little bit and make sure that you're privately doing that. So, in your personal devotions, or as my daughter likes to call them, when are we going to do our demotions together? And I was like, What are you talking about? Am I that bad of a father? She's like, Brothers, it's time for demotions together. So then I was trying to roll that into a humble deal. And I was like, I just can't. You mispronounced it. So, we do demotions together. And when you sit down in those private devotions, and that's when you praise God, right? You shut the door to your room and you're alone with him and you just praise him and you give him credit and you do it with deeds and, and truth because the more you do that, let me tell you, it's easier to do it in the chip aisle. It's easier to do it when you're waiting for your oil to get changed. It's easier to do it when you're online responding to different people's comments you do it first with Him alone and it's just that much easier to do it out there. And soon, you won't even have to think about it. It won't, it won't have to be something you, you have to do. You just you get to do it and it just comes out. Does that make sense? It just it pours out of you. It just pours out of you. And those are great days because you walk away going, what just happened? I don't even know. Holy Spirit did something. It's crazy. All right, let's look at a couple more verses here. I just want to make sure we grasp this. Verses 10, 11, 12, and 13. Let's read these. These are more verses about how David sort of launched into bringing God glory. Um, all your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They, they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. So, so here's what's happening here. Um, all that God's created um, will give worship to him. All believers um, will adore him. That's what it's talking about, and that's true. So one of the ways that you know an assurance of your faith that you're really a Christian is that you will bless and adore God, that you will do that. Even in the hard stuff, even when it's not easy, you're still praising Him. That's how you know you're, you're really a believer, right? Love isn't just love when it feels good and everything's going your way. Love's good when it, when it fights and it's hard and war and you have to forgive and find ways and reconcile. That's how you know you're committed. You hang in there and you work through it or get worked on, right? Husbands, amen, right? Okay. So, and then it talks about, "Thus shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. (laughs) We, We can do such a good service to others if we tell of the splendor and the glory of God's kingdom and tell of his power. Like, look, is this world a hot garbage fire? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But you know what's not? Heaven. Let me just tell you the little bit of heaven. What we know of heaven is is like you're in this thick fog in the darkness and someone cracked the door open for half a second and you got to peek in real fast. That's what we know. So is there streets of gold? Yes. Are there trees that bear new fruit along the river of life? Um, every month, new fruit? Yes. Do you live forever? Yes. But then there's these great things. Is there a need for the, the planetoid thing, sun? No. Why? Because God's so great, it just lights everything. Imagine that. Christ is there. All of your loved ones who are Christians are there. Then it's like, look, tell people his kingdom because it's just, it's incredible what we know about the splendor of his kingdom in heaven. But not only that, his splendor here. And maybe at times even more so. Because the kingdom of God is what? It's not a place. You can't Google earth it. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is in the hearts and minds of men, women, children, and teenagers. That's the kingdom of God. You sitting here as Christians you're the kingdom of God. And he is near to us. So you tell of that good glory. Of how God's done. And how, how you've been helped and able to help others. And the joy that is there. But then you also tell of his power. You masculate God in a way that shows that he can literally do anything. And this isn't just make-believe. He's not some myth or some legend or some fairy tale. But he literally can heal you. He can make a way for you. He can do supernatural and miraculous things and still does. That is going to, to draw people closer to him. Because they all have needs and, and we all face things every day in our life that we are not big enough, strong enough, powerful enough, and wise enough to overcome. And we must suffer through things that we can't get ourselves out of, no matter how much we bootstrap it or will it to be. Sometimes we, we, we need God's deliverance. In fact, he says that's the only deliverance you should ever seek is mine. So then it goes on in verse 12. I like this. To make known to the children of man um, your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. What I love about that phrase, the, the children of man, is, is basically to make known to everyone else, right? Because everybody's a child of somebody. That's the way it works. If you don't know how that works, talk to your parents. I'm not getting into that lesson. But what I'm saying is, it's like the children, man, who's that? That's everybody. Anybody younger than you, you can do. Just tell them. Anybody who is a children. In fact, it doesn't even preface it, though it does talk about it in the New Testament about the older women telling the younger women and the older men telling the younger men, which we are lacking in all of that so much. And we need this more We need people who love the Lord to tell of his mighty deeds. That David slayed Goliath by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's no giant that you're going to face that God can't put in its place. Because there's giants everywhere. And that the glorious splendor of the kingdom is is so much more great. Because you think about that contrast. If you tell of his mighty deeds and the glory of his kingdom, then, then that's what they hold on to to live and not only survive, but thrive in this world. So when you bring God glory, praise, and credit through your your faith and deeds, it helps people to see that there really is one way and the only way, and that's God. And you get the joy of helping them to see that. Look what God has done. I mean, you can just imagine. Well, you don't even have to imagine. You can read the scriptures and see what happens when people sit around and tell stories. You guys do that too. Probably highlights of family reunions and holidays, which are like, aha, I remember when, mm -hmm, and Uncle so-and-so, yeah, pray for him, right? And you just tell those stories. It's part of our lineage and heritage, but it encourages others to grab onto that. So he says, make known, and not just mentally known, but in all the ways that we exist, heart, mind, soul, and strength. So how does that go? And if they don't want to hear it, just block their exit so they have to. That's what I do. You don't want to hear this? Too bad. Can't leave. I'm done. Now you can go. Right? You just tell it. It's faithfulness faithfulness. Oh man. Yeah. Verse 13. This is good too. Um, and, and then he just, he's talking more about God. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful. He is good, um, in all of his words and kind in all of his works. And I think it's important to remind people of that, that God's kingdom is, has been and will be forever. And it's across all generations So his kingdom was there when I was a kid. His kingdom was there when I was a teenager. His kingdom was there when I was an adult. His kingdom is going to be there when my body is dust. And my soul will enter in. But his kingdom has gone through all human history that it's there. Just to give them a perspective. The Jewish people are the last ancient civilization. Why is that? Because they're God's people. Because God is real. Where'd the Greeks go or the Romans? What about the Mongols? Where are they? What about the Egyptians who ruled for 2,000 years as a dominant world power? Where are they? They're in the grave. But where's Christ? Sitting on the throne for His people so that they may come. There is only one true God. There is only one great Lord. There is only one Holy Spirit who can help guide and provide in the ways through. And as Christians, we have them dwelling inside of us and can share that with others. And it is a joyous thing to do that, man. You think this is good. Look what God can do. You think there's no other way out. Look how he can provide. And he makes that good way. Why is it so important to intentionally bring God glory in the presence of others? Right? Call whatever you want. Witnessing, evangelism, frangelism, uh, frenemies, evangelism. I just made that word up. I don't think that's real. But you guys get what I'm saying. Uh, all of why, why is it so important that we do that? It, it, it's so that God may be praised, God may glory, and people may become part of the kingdom. That's what he wants. We exist to bring God glory and make disciples. That's why we're there. Jesus and God are doing all the work of salvation. But the reason you have the job you have is to bring God glory. The reason you're in the relationship or lack of relationships that you're in or not in is to bring God glory. The reason you live where you live is to bring God glory. Do you see the pattern? I'm connecting a dot picture here. The reason you're here today and we're worshiping together here and online is to bring God glory. That's what you do. And you just do it all the time, right? in all ways to do that. So we know that bringing God glory is a huge part of why we exist. So based on this message, what can we do to become more like Jesus? And we're just going to hit some categories here to help us in our life. The ultimate goal is that you will leave here um, giving God praise and credit more than you did yesterday. That's the deal. More. And you can always do more. And you may be thinking, I am an expert God glory giver. I bring him that better than anyone else. And I would say to you, no, you don't. You can always do it more. Can always do it more. Can always increase in your understanding and love of God. So let's just talk about our worship, right? Because we have to start there first. Before you do it publicly, it needs to be a private thing first. Uh, so I would say this. In your worship, your daily devotions, you see what I do there? Your daily devotions, you bring God glory. During your personal devotions, give God praise and credit. And just praise Him. And you know what? It's okay to praise Him for things that He hasn't directly done for you. Those might be the easiest God, thank you I'm still alive. Thank you for my life. Thank you for your provision here at work. But you can also just praise him for who he is. Just get your Bible out and go through the names of Christ. Go through the names of God in the Old Testament as he reveals himself. Um, go, go through the Holy Spirit's scripture, whatever. Just work through those and say, God, I'm just, I'm praising you for this. I haven't seen you do this yet, but I know you can. And we'll praise you for that. And just praise him privately in your own devotions. It's, it's just a good time, right? I mean, imagine a group of people sitting around just telling each other what they love about each other. Wouldn't you like to get in that group? How much does that cost? Is there food? What can we do? Yeah, you would sit for hours on that to just go, man, these are so good and great and praise. And, and God is, is, he's worthy of above all others. He's worthy of above all others. Here's when you're out in community, which means you plus one or more. Bring God's glory to others. That's what we see in 145. Um, make known to others any of the great things God has done for you or us. Tell of his greatness. That's all that is. When you're bringing God praise and credit, you're going, look, here's something God did. What well, didn't you do? That? Aren't you smart? Didn't you go to school? Didn't you get that degree? Haven't you worked for that company for X amount of years? Is it that the reason that's happening? No, God's providing. That may, may be a method that he used, but he gave me the intelligence and he gave me the ability. He, he allowed me to work it. Well, I mean, whatever that is, you bring God's glory to others. You make known any of the great things he's done. And even if you don't contextualize it contemporarily, you can contextualize it traditionally with what he's done in the Word. Let me just tell you what God's done. I, I understand your situation. I've not been through it, but it's in the Bible, and here's what happened, and here's what they did. And I try telling to people all the time, like anything you pray for, me, and I just trying to tell them what, when was this in the Bible, how did it happen, what did those people do? And then I'm like, do that, because God's Word's perfect, so that, I mean, not the bad stuff they did, but the good stuff that they did to draw close to God, do that. So in your community, bring God's glory to others. Tell of His greatness, and you just work it in. It could be a sentence. You just drop a God's greatness bomb on them, boom, and keep going. You just do that. You don't have to preach a message or unload all the scriptures, though sometimes he's going to probably have you do that. But in those communities, uh, bring that to them. How else are they going to know unless you tell them? How else? They're not. How else are they going to see unless you show them? I'll tell you what, the Bible says they're not. You don't show them, you don't tell them, they're not going to know. And I don't want to be up in heaven about to go into judgment and have a bunch of people being like, shame, shame, I know your name, you didn't tell me about Jesus. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. So let's just strive. Because God's worthy, man. God's worthy. I mean, if nothing else, he could have created anyone else. But he made you. I mean, that alone is enough, let alone salvation. Um, Service. Here's a great way to serve others based on Psalm 145 that we can do that. Um, Give kingdom clarity as you bring God glory. Um, Help others to understand if they're giving God or something else glory. Right? Just, Just right the ship. Help them to see. Because God's at work what? it tells us in all things, in all kinds of good ways. And a lot of times, look, people can just miss it, man. All the time in my house, we're looking for stuff. I'd be like, hey, Isaac, go, go find that thing. It's in your room, right? And you guys already know where I'm going with this. Dad, I can't find it. Dad, it's not in there. To which I say, if I go down there and I find that down in your room, you're dead. Not really dead, but you're in trouble. Dad, it's nowhere. I can't find anything. Then I go down there. Where is it? Right in the center of his bed. Like, how did you not see that? We know that God can be at work and people just won't see it. So we have phrases out there. I can't see the forest for the trees, right? So you help others see, look, look, you are so close to God. God's already doing this great good work in you. And then finally, with multiplication, you bring God glory every day your goal when you get up and breathe is, as many of your other goals that God has but as a foundation of your faith is this. To give him praise and credit through your faith and deeds every single day. Those are days worth living. Those are days we're suffering for. Those are days we're being persecuted for. Those are days of passion that make a difference in the kingdom because God blesses and use them. So let's look at the one thing one last time. One thing one last time. It's easier To bring God glory when you remember God's glory. It's just that easier. Remember back in the day, right? Back in the day, dad would have a wallet like that huge, right? And why is that? He'd fold it open. Look at all the pictures of my family. Right, and they'd just be in there. Well, there's a lot of credit cards too. But then there's like family pictures too, right? And they used to carry those around and be like, look, well, here's this and here's that. And they, they talk about that, and now it's kind of on here, and we got all these little buttons and things to push, and you're just like, la, 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 and look at this. It's just easier to show people what your family looks like when you've got pictures of them. It is so much easier to tell people what God's glory is like when you remember God's glory and you've experienced it. Just look what God's done, right? Just look. There's no way. If he could save me,